You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Getting Swamped. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist. And you can hear the extra bass in my voice because I can finally be excited about Florida Gator football. Once again, a lot to talk about on this episode of Getting Swamped. Osiris Torrance gets a brick. Five-star quarterbacks finally like Florida again. And a huge recruiting weekend coming up. An early signing day on the horizon as well. And I will have on Connor Clark from SI.com to go over all the big names that Florida is still in it for and what to look out for here in this 2023 recruiting class coming down the stretch. But first, man, wow, big time, huge commit coming to the University of Florida. Five-star DJ Lagway, 2024 quarterback, commits to the Florida Gators. This is the highest-rated quarterback that has been committed to the Florida Gators. Well, I guess you can't really say signed yet, but he's committed. The biggest quarterback since Jeff Driscoll 10-plus years ago. If you want to count Matt Corral, you can, but he did decommit when Jim McElwain got fired. And... Let's hope and assume, I I don't want to assume anything, but let's hope DJ Lagway stays in the class, commits and signs, in which he will, because I personally personally see DJ Lagway staying in this class and not decommitting. He was very adamant about committing to a school early and help build that class, and that's what he wants to do. That's why he moved his commitment date up like twice, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure he already knew where he was going to go. He picks the University of Florida over South Carolina, over Tennessee, over Texas A&M, over USC, over Clemson. I mean, he had a plethora of offers from every SEC school. You could say he committed to over 100 programs. He picks the University of Florida. Finally, a five-star quarterback wants to come and play for the Florida Gators. Huge, big-time commitment here from DJ Lagway. His stats on max preps are phenomenal. 42 passing touchdowns to only eight interceptions for his career, a 19% interception ratio to touchdown ratio that is phenomenally good 13 rushing touchdowns as well if you add those in that's 55 total touchdowns for his career in high school and he's passed for 3,788 career passing yards as well so I mean that's that's huge I mean if you go to his freshman and sophomore year he didn't really play as much as freshman year sophomore year he played a little bit but man his junior year let's go to his junior year stats here real quick 134 completions to 200 attempts, 2,081 passing yards, a 67% completion rating. That is phenomenally good and accurate. 15.5 average yards per play, 260 yards he averages per game, and he's only thrown five picks to 24 touchdowns. That is a 20% interception to touchdown ratio just this year as a junior, and he's still got a senior year to go. And I know I'm coming at you guys fast with all these statistics and all that, but I mean, this this is a huge, like, th- this is what the University of Florida needed. You already got Jane Rashada flipped in this class. And I said this on the Mark Moses radio show. I said, the the, the situation with Jane Rashada was a little bit different than DJ Lagway because Jane Rashada is still a top 50 quarterback. I mean, he was a five-star quarterback at the beginning of the cycle, kind of fell a little bit, but not, I mean, Nothing major. I mean, he's still an elite quarterback recruit, but the problem was is you didn't get him early in the class. Miami got him. You were able to flip him late, and it still turned some heads, but you really want to get a quarterback in your class early so he can help build that class. Now, Jaden Rashada's flip was still a good thing for the University of Florida. It still did turn some heads, and as I said, we'll, we'll go over what's going to happen in this class with Connor Clark from SI.com later on in the podcast. You'll hear from him as I caught up with him later on in the week, but getting a elite quarterback early in your class and this early I mean it's it's just it's 2022 I mean he's still got a whole year to recruit you get a an elite quarterback recruit in your class to start off that class that guy is going to be able to bring in some elite recruits as well now you already got Miles Graham the legacy kid there in the class as well he's a top 30 guy he's rated as a four-star right now but usually over the 1 to 35 stretch, you're a five-star once uh, the, the ratings start getting in and all that. I mean, I know 24-7 sports and some of these other sites extend the five-star range to like 1 to 30, 1 to 35 or so towards the end of the cycle. So Miles Graham in five-star range, he's a top 30 kid. He pulled DJ Lagway. He's rated the 24th kid in the nation. The number one dual-threat quarterback on ESPN, but the number four quarterback composite uh, nationally the 24th rated player out of all the players nationally, as I just said, just a huge 
quarterback commit. And Gabe Brooks, man, he does a uh, really good job there for uh, 24-7 sports scouting. And he said, DJ Lagway is a broad-torsoed, stoutly-built quarterback with ready-to-play physical tools. Like I said, on the Mark Moses show, he's a plug-and-play guy, especially with the statistics he's putting up. Legitimately six foot two and 225 pounds with corresponding short to intermediate throw velocity. Rips the ball in those portions of the field and drives it to the perimeter. Ball gets out fairly quickly, explosive over the middle, immediate juice. Big handed with ability to manipulate throw path late in delivery. Shows the requisite vertical arm and still should see downfield power capacity increase with continued development. Accuracy improved in junior season as evidenced by big jump and completion percentage, 12-plus points, dynamic running threat, whether improvisionally or by design, open field galloper with run strength that corresponds to size, functional athleticism fosters big play threat, also displays close quarters suddenness and lateral twitch to stack moves and extends runs and traps. I mean, there's a whole scouting report on DJ Lagway. It's nothing but good things that Gabe Brooks has to say. I mean, this is, a, as I said, a big-time quarterback commit. And this is what we're going to start the podcast off with here, folks. I took to Twitter, and I said, five-star 2024 quarterback DJ Lagway commits to Florida. What are your thoughts? Good replies here. C7 underscore dude. It's knocking off some of that Dan Mullen recruiting PTSD. That's for sure. Yeah, I know a lot of guys that uh, saw the crystal balls rolling in for DJ Lagway and was thinking, oh, here we go again. We're going to get the crystal balls for an elite recruit and he's going to go elsewhere. Did not happen. Didn't happen there. And I I didn't think it was going to happen either. I I kind of, I can't say that I know DJ Lagway, but I kind of know his personality and I've been following him for a while in in recruiting. He's not the type of guy to play games. He's not the type of guy to... uh, It'd be stupid like Cormani McLean and just play lie to everybody and everything like that. He's a straight shooter. He's a good kid. He knows where he wants to go. And he said, like he said, he wants to build the class. So it was a damn good pickup for the University of Florida. Gator Swamper says, should help with recruiting top players. Biggest effing player in Florida's years. Hope he's still around at the 2024 signing day. I think he will be. I mean, he's uh, he was very adamant about committing to a school early and, and start recruiting for them. And and usually, I mean, if you want to come to a school early and start recruiting for them, I mean, you're not going to recruit kids to come to the University of Florida and then just decommit after you get the whole class. And I mean, I, I'm pretty sure DJ Lagway is going to stick. I don't have an inkling of him decommitting at all. I mean, as I said, it's recruiting, crazy things happen and all that. But barring something ridiculously crazy, I don't see DJ Lagway decommitting from the Florida Gators. So that's just... Uh, one hell of a pickup, though. I mean, <laughs> you, you really want somebody with a five-star mental and physical attitude in your class, and that's what DJ Lagway brings to the Florida Gators. This is the Florida Gators football account, not the actual official Florida Gators football account. This is just a guy that has an account that says the Florida Gators football. So he says, defining moment for Napier, beating Lincoln Riley head-to-head for a national-level quarterback recruit. Absolutely, man. Um, you've seen Billy Napier beat out Saban. You've seen him beat out Kirby. You've seen him beat out Lincoln. I mean, like, you've seen him beat out some of the top names that Dan Mullen couldn't do. Like, Dan Mullen couldn't do this. Like, if, if we still had Dan Mullen, DJ Lagway's not coming to the University of Florida. I mean, it's it's pretty straight and simple, man. So, uh, yeah, just a big-time, big-time recruit for the University of Florida. Nick Goldsmith says, big-time get for Coach Nape. It's also great to get that quarterback in the class so he can start recruiting for 2024. Yeah, that's kind of like what we just discussed. we got to get the big elite uglies in to protect him. Yeah, I mean, usually you get a five-star quarterback, um, especially early. Turns a lot of heads. A lot of receivers want that guy throwing to him. A lot of tight ends do as well. Uh, a lot of offensive line linemen want to block for that quarterback as well. They want to see success just as much as anybody else. So that's why it was so huge to get DJ Lagway and get him this early in the 2024 cycle. Jag Boss says, excited. Jimbo Bannister says, I'm pumped. Let's go, baby. PF says, boom. Ryan says, huge. Go Gators. Keep them coming, Billy. Uh, a lot of you guys just posted gifts of wow and stuff. I don't mind gift replies either. <laughs> that's uh, that's also always welcome there on the uh, the Getting Swamped account on uh, on Twitter. Why not? Florida says, let's ride. That's it. Bravo, Dave. Let's effing go. Billy is making his mark on the trail. Yep. 2024 early. Uh, Let's effing go. Bugatti. Billy ain't playing out here. That is correct. So just a huge start for the 2024 class. And right now we still got the 2023 class to worry about. Early signing day coming up. And I brought on Connor Clark earlier on in the week to discuss all the big names that Florida's still in it for. And a big recruiting weekend going on right now. We will have that interview right now. We're cutting to the chase, folks, on Getting Swamped. 
coming up. Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout out on Twitter at WS Wood Carving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Wood Carving. Top of the line signs made from scratch. Lots of people are wondering, what's Gator Collective? It's a team of talented athletes and passionate fans. It's the playbook for our NIL success. To earn compensation for our name, image, and likeness. It's exclusive access to unforgettable moments. <gasps> this includes autographs, interviews, appearances, and more. It's what connects Gator athletes like me. And me. And me. With you. So what are you waiting for? You are a part of our team when you join the Gator Collective. You do a great job supporting your Gators. This is your chance to show your support off the field. Join Gator Collective today and help Gator Nation be the best place for NIL opportunities. Go to GatorCollective.com today and support the Gators like never before. College football bowl season is on the horizon. College basketball is also heating up and the World Cup. Lots of upsets out there, and if you don't want to be upset in your wallet, your boy David Soderquist has the hookup for you when you sign up for prizepicks.com. Join prizepicks right now with promo code SWAP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks offers a variety of sports, and they also allow you to mix your lineups in fantasy as well. You can take your favorite esports athlete along with your favorite soccer player in the World Cup and your favorite quarterback in the NFL. The options are just endless, folks. PrizePix offers amazing customer service, and they are rated 4.8 stars across all platforms with thousands and thousands of reviews. So if you want to scoop up some extra loot and play fantasy, join PrizePix.com today with promo code SWAMPED, and you can thank your boy, David Soderquist, later. PrizePix.com. Daily. Fantasy Simplified. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist. Your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, joining me here on Getting Swamped from SportsIllustrated.com, Connor Clark, one of the uh, best minds when it comes to recruiting there for uh, Sports Illustrated and best minds in Gator Nation. And Connor, man, exciting week, man. DJ Lagway, five-star quarterback, commits to the University of Florida, one of the five-star quarterbacks that's... Uh, rarely ever picks Florida in any cycle, picks Florida in the 2024 class. This would be the highest rated commit since Jeff Driscoll when he signed. But if you want to count like, uh, you know, your Matt Corrals that decommitted and all that, you can count those too. But I count ones that actually committed and signed. So uh, it's actually a, a really elite commit that, I mean, we haven't had one in like almost 10 years like this. So uh, what does this mean getting a quarterback like this early in the 2024 class? Well, man, first and foremost, thank you for that warm welcome. I uh, I don't really know what to do with myself today between between you and Shelton uh, yeah, giving go. me these 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 ridiculously warm welcomes. I'm uh, I'm definitely not too super <laughs> deserving of those, but I, I appreciate it nonetheless. Um, but yeah, to to answer your question, DJ is is a uh, and I've said this multiple uh, times. He is a program and a perception altering commit where you get a kid like that and everybody in the country just kind of starts looking at you. Yep. Um, it doesn't hurt that he made his announcement on national TV on ESPN two. So for those people that knew about it and those people that tuned in, you're looking at a nationally televised recruit five-star committing to your program. So if you, if you thought that there was ever a chance that Florida could really take advantage of recruiting, I think this would be the time to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I was on the Mark Moses show earlier today, and I was talking about getting a quarterback early in your class. You you go back to the Jaden Rashada thing. You, uh, you miss on him at the beginning. Miami gets him. You eventually flip him later on in the class. Still does turn some heads here down the stretch. We'll get into that here. Uh, but you really want to get the quarterback early because then he can build that class. And DJ Lagway, he's been very adamant about committing early getting the class built. You've heard him say it two or three times already. So the likelihood, I mean, you still got to keep him in the class, don't get me wrong, but the likelihood of DJ Lagway decommitting from a class, uh, pretty much, I mean, he kind of said it himself. He he wants to commit. He wants to get in there early so he can build the class. If he's going to do that, he's probably not going to decommit, wouldn't you say? 
No, absolutely. DJ Lagway is a kid that is very, very big on his word. So he's locked in with Florida. If, if bar, barring Billy Napier leaving Florida before he gets on campus, <laughs> I don't see I don't see any way that DJ Lagway decommits from the University of Florida. He grew up; it was his dream school. He is far and away their number one priority in that class, and they made him sure of that. And now you've got him in in December. He's got a full calendar year to recruit before next year's uh, early signing day for his cycle. Uh, so like you said, Jaden Rashada, obviously a big time commitment for the Gators, but he doesn't flip until the month of November. So right. oh, not much time to do recruiting there. Obviously you have uh, early signing day in December. So he, he had about a month or so um, to, to try and do some recruiting for the Gators. DJ Lagway's got a full year. Uh, that can't be overstated enough where you've got arguably a top two quarterback in the country, depending on what site you look at doing the recruiting for you for the better part of a year plus, I guess, because you have February early signing day. I, I keep, I keep reiterating the year portion, but, uh, but it's very important. You, you need to get a kid like that in early and Florida's done that. Yeah, absolutely. We're finally starting to land some dream school kids. <laughs> Because they all say that Florida's their dream school and they wind up going somewhere Yeah, it else, seems so. like the dream school curse is kind of finally going by the wayside. I don't know if it was just the laziness of previous staffs or uh, or maybe kids are finally realizing, hey, I can go play at my dream school and, and actually succeed there. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Uh, we'll, we'll move on here. Uh, let's go Desmond Ricks, five-star, number two cornerback in the class. Uh, he reclassified from the 2024 class. Uh, Florida looked in good shape. LSU came in there, went hot and heavy on uh, Desmond Ricks there, but it seems Florida recently picked uh, kind of picked up some steam again. I know he's going to visit. I think he's visiting them in a, in a week or so or two like that. I think he's going to Alabama, right? Yeah, it's Alabama. Yeah, so LSU. last last I saw, he has Bama this weekend and then LSU the weekend after. Um, as far as his recruitment goes, I think it's LSU until it's not. But Florida definitely did a lot to help their chances this weekend. Obviously, he's very high on Corey Raymond. Raymond was actually recruiting him to LSU when he was at LSU. So, and he's been very vocal about how he thinks Corey Raymond is bar none the best defensive backs coach in the country and the best de- defensive backs developer. So. Having a guy like that on your staff, you're never going to be completely out of it for a defensive back. And I think Florida's in a good spot right now following his official visit. Now, that could change after he makes his official visits to Bama and LSU. But uh, I, I do like where Florida stands now. Um, it's just we got to see how how that recruiting or his how his recruitment, sorry, closes out before early signing day. Yeah, interesting situation there with Desmond Ricks, man. Uh, it looks like a Florida-LSU battle. I, I, I wouldn't really worry too much about Alabama in this one. It's probably LSU-Florida there. And uh, Corey Raymond getting him on staff. we got to get one of these elite corners, man. <laughs> it's just killing me. I mean, you still got some good guys in the class. I mean, you got some top 100 guys. you got some guys just outside of the top 100 coming into this class as well. You recruited really well defensively. Wide receiver, you recruited really well as well on the offense. So, I mean... Even if you were to kind of miss on Ricks, which would suck. I mean, obviously, you want to get an elite recruit at any time. It's still not a big blow to this class, considering all the talent that you got coming in. And and, and Jakeem Jackson, one of those guys, it's he started rated like really low, started to work his way back up, and he's almost hitting the top 100 on the composite. I mean, Jakeem Jackson looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah, I finally got the chance to see him in person earlier this year against Lakeland, and that kid is a phenomenal athlete. He's only been playing cornerback for a year. Uh, it, it, he's going to need some refinement on his technique, but the size, speed, uh, length, hes he's got everything you look for. And obviously, like we said, Corey Raymond is one of the best, if not the best defensive back developer in the country. Uh, you've got elite measurables and elite tools with Jakeem Jackson for Corey Raymond to work with. So I think he ends up being a top 100 prospect. We'll see how he does. Uh, in January against some of the top prospects in the country when he plays at the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, He'll get a chance to kind of work on his craft against really good wide receivers from across the country. So I'm I'm excited to see how he performs there because I think he has the potential to be one of the best defensive backs from this class. Yeah, and it's nice to know that we can watch an Under Armour All-American game and actually be entertained by it because we have about like nine or ten guys <laughs> in those types of games. So Yeah, ten, ten current commits right now and uh, could be more by the time the game rolls around. So we'll see what happens. 
Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, let's go. Let's move on to Jordan Hall. I mean, this was a guy, defensive lineman from Jacksonville, Florida. He recently visited Florida. He said he's, he, he's already has his mind made up. He's got Florida, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, some of the choices there. Where do you think his mindset is right now and where do you think he goes to? Well, I mean, you hear just coming off an official visit, you hear somebody say, oh, my mind's made up. So your immediate thought is, okay, it's the place he just visited. Now, George has done a great job in his recruitment. Uh, he's, I don't know. So it says he's supposed to visit Georgia this weekend. Uh, I think on 247's uh, site, I don't know. I haven't seen him really pump that visit a lot or not. Um, yeah. He's made his decision to announce on December 22nd, which is the second day of the early signing period. And I mean, I like where Florida stands here uh, coming off of a really good official visit. They've had him on campus campus a number of times this year. They've made him a priority on the defensive line. So he's somebody that I think Florida has a really good shot to land. Obviously, anytime Georgia is involved, especially for a defensive prospect, uh, you have to kind of hold your breath a little bit because Kirby's done a great job of developing defensive talent and getting them to the next level. Uh, just prime example is going to be Jalen Carter. Uh, he'll probably be the first defensive lineman off the board. Uh, I think he's outplayed Will Anderson this year and could very well be the first defensive lineman taken off the board this year in the NFL draft. So uh, Georgia's definitely still in it, uh, but I like where Florida stands after that visit, and I, I think that Florida might be the front runner at this time. Oh, wow. Love to hear that. Let's hope. We can hope. That's all there is to it. Don't get your hopes up, but always hope as well. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Samson Okanlola, and I, I think I said that right because I'm really bad at, at like pronouncing the names. Samson Okanlola, five-star offensive lineman. There's been a lot of buzz, man. It looked like when we were out of it, we're back in it. Announced recently that he would be committing December 15th. He officially visits this weekend beforehand. It's a multi-day visit, isn't it? Yeah, so he'll be on campus. I, I don't remember if he said he's getting there the 9th or the 10th, but regardless, official visits are always, I think, about two and a half, three days, I think is the duration. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he'll be there for three days right before he makes his announcement. Florida was a program that was kind of on the outside looking in for a long time. Everybody kind of thought over the summer he was somebody that would end up signing with Miami and committing to Miami. They're obviously still in it. Uh, Michigan State was a program that was really, really talked about in his recruitment as well. Florida just kind of came out of nowhere late in the cycle, got him on campus for 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 a secret visit or what was quote unquote a secret visit at the time uh, yeah. in the middle of the week. And they went in home. I think it was last night or the night before were able to get him to come back for an official visit. So you have to like the way things are trending for somebody like that. Uh, obviously, Samson is a five-star talent. He's somebody – that I think could come in and start day one at the University of Florida. Uh, his measurables were fantastic when he showed up on campus uh, a few weeks ago, or was it? A f I think it was a few weeks ago. Um, and just somebody that I, I think Florida has to go all in for. You need an instant impact offensive tackle to come in, and uh, he seems to be the guy that they've zeroed in on. Yeah, that'll be the highest rated offensive lineman since Martez Ivy, I believe. Uh, so that will uh, that will really bode well for Florida, considering their offensive line recruiting for the past like decade has been not 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 too great at all. And uh, you know, Bill Sykes coming out there with a great article about the offensive line and the recruiting over the past ten years. So uh, yeah, definitely. Hopefully, we can land that one. Uh, are you feeling comfortable about that one, or where where do you think he winds up now? And I know this isn't a definite answer, but this is just a prediction from Connor Clark. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Um, I like I said, I really like the way things are trending for Florida. Obviously, you really like that he's making his decision just three days after he leaves your campus. Um, there's going to be coaches that go in home with him uh, right before he makes his decision. I think Miami is very much in the thick of it. Uh, I think Florida is one of those top two or three schools as well. Uh, I think if the if all goes well in the official visit, Florida has a really good chance to position to position themselves as the leader coming out of that visit. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody to look out for though. Samson Okanlola, five star. Uh, offensive lineman there. All right, John Walker, defensive tackle, UCF commit here, by the way. He's ranked just outside of the top 100. Now, he's visiting Florida once again. I mean, he's taken many visits. There's a lot of rumors going on of the potential flip. Do you think the Gators get it done and flip John Walker? I do. I do think they get it done. Uh, obviously, UCF commit, and and the highest rated commit in UCF's history ever. So obviously they're, they're going to do everything they can to try and keep him committed in their class. He was the number one guy 
on their board, regardless of position for the Knights. But Florida's done a great job of making up ground. Uh, I, I think I remember when he made his commitment over the summer that he said Florida wasn't even, I think Florida was like number four or five on his list yeah. uh, when he made, when he made that commitment. And now Florida's gotten him on campus a number of times. Obviously his high school teammate, Jakeem Jackson is a commit to Florida and is going to be there on that official visit with him this weekend. And, and Walker flat out said uh, in an article this week, he said, I, I'm looking forward to going up to Florida because this visit is going to decide where I play football for the next three years. You've got to like that if, if you're a Florida fan and you hear that because you get the last chance to really talk to this kid and and do your sales pitch. Uh, I think Florida is better suited for his skill set. Uh, he's an SEC type offense or defensive lineman. Sorry, uh, again, somebody that I got to see for the first time this year against Lakeland, and he was double teamed and triple teamed every play and was still able to get pushed into the backfield. Really, really well built. Somebody that can play early at Florida. And I think that's appealing to him. And I think Florida ultimately uh, secures that flip, uh, if not this weekend on early signing day, because early playing time, uh, the prestige of the SEC, and he's still not too far from home in Gainesville uh, from the city of Orlando. Yeah, Florida recruiting very well in the defensive line in this class and can to top it off, put the cherry on the cake there with uh, John Walker. So we'll see what happens there. Another guy here, uh, Mark Fletcher, top 200 running back, just recently decommitted from Ohio State. Uh, he's been an interesting name. There's been some Florida buzz around Mark Fletcher. He also visits this weekend. Uh, what's your reading on Fletcher as of this moment? Yeah, I think that's another in-state battle. I think it's going to be between Florida and Miami for him. Uh, there's been rumors that he won't sign until February. I think he ends up signing in December. Uh, Florida gets, obviously, his official visit this weekend. Uh, I think that is the last of his official visits, uh, if I recall correctly. I could be wrong. Um, but Mark Fletcher is making his visit up to Florida, and I think for all intents and purposes, Florida is the leader going into that visit. Uh, Jabbar Jaluk identified him early. Uh, even when he committed to Ohio State, Florida kind of was kicking the tires on him. And once I think especially with Florida kids, obviously you saw it with D. John Johnson, who was committed to Ohio State, has since flipped to Florida you start to realize how cold it is up in Ohio in the months of November, October, December. And then you also start to realize how far away from home it is. And I think Mark Fletcher is another one of those, a prime example of that, where he started to realize, hey, Ohio State's really far from home. I, I think I'd like to stay closer to home. And Florida's a good mix for that. Obviously, Miami's right around the corner. Uh, but if, you, if you're a running back and you saw how Florida's offense ran this year, you have to like that, especially a bigger body back like Mark Fletcher. Yeah, and if you've seen how Miami's offense ran this year, you probably just want to run away from there. <laughs> yeah, Fletcher actually uh, coming out of high school, a good size there, 220, 225. So uh, probably, you know, uh, definitely a bruiser back coming in to the, uh, the University of Florida there. So that's going to be an interesting name to come out of there as well. Uh, top 200 tight end Stanford commit Jaden Platt. Now, this one is kind of one of those guys that just came out of nowhere. You got any info on him or what's going on with that? Yeah, he's uh, so I joke around with with one of my buddies on the side that there's one kid every year that just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Um, typically, yeah. it happens around around summer or early fall with with Platt this year. It was in the month of December. So he just kind of popped up out of nowhere. I think a big part of that was Stanford letting go of David Shaw. Uh, Stanford kids don't usually take other visits. They're usually locked in. Um, and obviously, you know, academics are important. So that makes Florida a good spot for him. Uh, I can't stress, to, and, and I said this on Shelton's podcast just a bit ago, um, I can't stress to you how important some of the off-field staffers are when it comes to these kids kind of showing up out of nowhere because it's not really out of nowhere. They've been talking to these kids for a long time, and Platt is no exception. You've got Joe Hamilton who has deep-rooted ties to the state of Texas, and he's been instrumental in a lot of these kids, DJ Lagway being one of them, and then Platt another uh, who kind of, like I like we said, popped out of nowhere. But I think Florida getting him on an official visit has a really good chance to flip him from Stanford, one, because Stanford doesn't have their coach, and two, Florida needs tight ends. Yeah, they do, in a big way. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be an interesting, uh, interesting one to watch down the stretch as well. A uh, couple more guys here. Four-star offensive tackle, Caden Jones. Now, he's also visiting. This is a big dude, six foot eight, three 305. You know, Rob Sale, they love those tall, big-bodied offensive linemen. Uh, maybe he needs to put on a little bit of muscle when he gets to college, but uh, uh, where do you think he winds up? 
Yeah, and he is every bit of six eight. Standing next to him at Friday Night Lights this year was was uh, he made me feel very small. Oh, I bet. Um, <laughs> but he's he's an impressive physical kid, man. Uh, when I saw him walk through the door, six eight, like you said, every bit of six eight, probably about three hundred five pounds, but slim. Uh, he's definitely got to put on some weight, put on some muscle. Uh, Florida, he's been adamant over the last, I want to say, three or four months of his recruiting process that Florida is his leader. And he's never wavered from it. He's he even doubled down on it recently in an interview with uh, with Zach Goodall from SI uh, over at our site. He doubled down that Florida's his leader. He'll be making a decision after he takes his official visits. He's got Florida this weekend. I think he has Texas A&M the weekend after. But uh, I think for all intents and purposes, Florida is the leader, continue to be the leader, and I think they end up landing him. Awesome. Good to hear, man. Uh, like Always love to uh, get one of those big offensive linemen on that offensive line, especially, you know, after you see how Osiris Torrance, he, he panned out. I mean, he obviously wasn't the highest rated offensive lineman. <laughs> he gives up zero sacks in four years and only 24 quarterback hurries. So, you know, if they can turn Osiris Torrance into that, hopefully they can do that with the same one with Caden Jones there as well. A uh, couple other names, just really basic. Qua Russo, what's going on with him? I know he said he was a package deal with the other guy. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, what What's your read on him, and uh, where do you think maybe his recruitment goes down the stretch? Yeah, he's somebody that really, really likes Florida. He's been to campus a couple times. Uh, I don't like the fact that he's already burned his official visit. He did that during the season. So I think for Florida to actually be a legitimate contender for him, uh, he would have to show up again. Uh, either this weekend or or in a midweek at some point before early signing day. And I, I just don't see that happening. I, I do know he really likes Florida, but I don't know that I see him leaving the state of Alabama simply because he, I don't know that he gets on campus again. If he does, yeah. then then all bets are off because Florida is really, really high on him. And he, he like I said, he's very interested, but uh, I, I don't see Florida landing him at this time. All right. Fair enough there. Uh, last one, Tyree Patterson. Um, he announced that he would make his final decision on Christmas Day. He's already committed. Kind of odd for somebody to say that you know, I'm going to make a decision on Christmas when he's already committed. Uh, do you think he sticks with the Gators or goes elsewhere? I think he ends up going elsewhere. Uh, he's somebody that I know the staff likes, but uh, if he was to make a decision to, to flip to UCF, I know they're recruiting him very hard. Uh, and like you said, somebody that's been committed and, and is the longest tenured commit in the 2023 class under Billy Napier. Cause Aaron Gates is your longest, but he committed under Dan Mullen. Yeah. Um, so Tyree Patterson was Billy Napier's first commit for the 23 class. And for you to say, Hey, I'm making my final decision on the 25th. I don't think that Florida would be too terribly upset if he uh, flipped over to UCF. Uh, and I think that would be a fantastic get for UCF because I really like Tyree Patterson. I think he's a very good player. I think he's very underrated. Uh, but I think that Florida would look to move to the portal uh, if he was to leave. And I still think they hit the portal for some wide receivers this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there any other names we should look out for down the stretch? High school, transfer portal? I know you, we can't really get in the transfer portal because there's going to be a ton of names and there's like a thousand. So if we were to go down every one of them, this podcast would never end. So <laughs> is there anything else just to kind of look for down the stretch recruiting wise or just kind of maybe some names in the transfer portal? Yeah, there's not a whole lot um, as far as high school recruits. Uh, obviously, a lot of these kids are, are either committed or they're taking their final visits. Um, but there is one name that recently popped up that has really seen his recruitment blow up over the last week, week and a half. Um, and his name is Vincent Carroll Jackson. He is a offensive lineman, defensive lineman, depending on what school is recruiting him, uh, out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Florida offered him, I think, early last week or late last week as an offensive lineman. Georgia offered him as a defensive lineman, so those two big offers have come in late. Um, I think he's somebody that ends up waiting until February to sign, so he could probably be somebody that you kind of focus in on on the latter part of the recruiting cycle once you already have a lot of your players signed. So uh, I think he's really one to watch for in the high school ranks. As far as transfer portal goes, um, I don't really have specific names. Obviously, we have one... Uh, visitor coming in this weekend and that is um the defensive lineman from louisville caleb i'm forgetting his name now i'm sorry um just, first name is caleb, caleb. <laughs> yeah, yeah his first, he's a defensive lineman from louisville six foot seven 300 pounds um and his first name is caleb i'm spacing on his last name now and i apologize um but he'll be on campus this weekend for a visit 
uh, and he's somebody to keep an eye on in the transfer portal. Obviously, they're going to want to take a quarterback. Um, they're kicked the tires on a couple guys like Devin Leary, Keaton Slovis, Malik Hornsby, uh, Spencer Sanders, all those guys. They're going to kick the tires, I think, on just about every quarterback that hits the portal just to kind of see if there's any mutual interest or or something like that. But I think they're going to – I think they may wait a little bit to see if they're a guy that they really, really like uh, hits the portal, and I think that could probably be the guy that they go after hard. Um, and then obviously they have to go get defensive linemen. They have to get linebacker. They have to get wide receivers. Um, but there's not a huge – number of names that I've been told as of yet. Um, I think they are kicking the tires on UCF wide receiver transfer, Ryan O'Keefe, um, who had a fantastic Gasparilla bowl against the Gators last year. Yeah. Um, I think he's somebody that they are interested in and I, I, I haven't confirmed it, but somebody that I would certainly kick the tires on if I'm Florida, because you need that kind of speed and elusiveness in the wide receiver room. So, uh, I mean, I, I didn't really answer your question with a lot of names, unfortunately. Um, it's still early in the transfer portal right now. It's only been open for four days. Yeah, we got like so what, I expect over a, a lot more. Yeah, you've got over a month uh, to, of more names to pop in. So I would expect a lot more big-time names to to go in there, and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, it's definitely going to be a chaotic and exciting time in the transfer portal. Yeah, there's only like 1,200 names, Connor. Why, why can't you, you know, why can't you just go down? Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't memorize all of them for you, sir. <laughs> oh man, always a fun time with you, Connor. What you guys got coming up for us on SI, man? Oh man, uh, actually, just had the opportunity to speak to DJ Lagway's quarterback coach today for about 30, 35 minutes over nice. the phone. I've got a, I'm going to be having an article come out with a lot of information on DJ and. And uh, looking forward to typing that one up after I, I sift through the the thirty five minute conversation of what I what I need to put into an article because I don't know if I could type all of that man it'd be it'd be a lot yeah um, but I've got that coming up soon obviously we're we're going to keep you guys updated as much as we can on the transfer portal Zach has a running uh, article or a running piece um, that updates with each. Uh, Florida player that enters the portal. Um, and then of course we've got early signing day coming up. We've got official visitors this weekend um, and the bowl game coming up in, in the next two weeks. So it's going to be a busy time at SI. It's going to be a busy time really across the recruiting landscape. So we'll definitely do everything we can to keep you guys updated on everything. And uh, hopefully for Florida fans, there is a lot of good news over the next couple weeks and, and Florida closes out the early cycle strong. Recruiting's changing. Finally at the university of Florida, Connor, Thank you for coming on, getting swamped, and uh, good luck to you in the uh, the uh, reporting all the transfer portal and all this other kind of stuff because I know it's going to be pretty busy for all of us. So uh, thank you for uh, joining me on Getting Swamped. As I said, check those guys out over there, sportsillustrated.com. They all do a fantastic job. And, uh, Connor, you got anything else, man? No, man, I'm good. Thank you again for, for having me on. It's always a good time talking Florida football with you and uh, – Always get to enjoy chopping it up, the back and forth with uh, with uh, somebody that's really well educated, man. I, I appreciate having the conversations, and I appreciate you having me on. Uh, my wife might not tell you that I'm well educated, but <laughs> it's okay. My wife will probably say the same. <laughs> All right, Connor. Thank you for joining me again, Swamp Man. Absolutely, David. Thank you. Hey, are you tired of having to tackle the Almighty Bush in your front yard? Are you having to juke and jive through the rough textures of your Bermuda? Well, not anymore with the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped.com and your boy David Soderquist can help you score the Performance Package with free shipping and 20% off. Use promo code SWAMP20 at Manscaped.com today when you order your Performance Package or Platinum Package 4.0 from Manscaped.com and experience the best shave with less nicks and knock out the job much quicker and safer here, folks. The Performance Package 4.0 has worked wonders for me, and it can work wonders for you, too. You combine that with Manscaped's Weed Whacker, the ball deodorant, and you'll feel like a five-star number one recruit every single year. So let your boy, David Soderquist, hook you up today with 20% off plus free shipping from Manscaped.com with promo code SWAMP20. The website is quick, it's easy, you put the promo code in, you check out, and experience the best shave of a lifetime. Manscaped.com, the ultimate best in men's grooming. Ready, You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist.
All right, Connor Clark there with a big-time recruiting update, and things are going to get interesting here down the stretch. Early signing day looming right around the corner there, but something else looming right around the corner is we got a bowl game, Viva folks. Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. That is correct. We will be in the Las Vegas Bowl against Oregon State. And speaking of Vegas, if you are a better, Florida is a 10-point underdog in this bowl game coming down the stretch, and there is a lot of kids in the transfer portal, and Billy Napier alluded to some portal guys playing in the bowl game. I guess we'll find out about that maybe here in the days to come, but Florida going to be shorthanded here, especially a quarterback with the Jalen Kitna situation, Anthony Richardson gone, going to the NFL. Quarterback Jack Miller starting this game, and uh, as we said, we we've, we've really haven't seen anything from Jack Miller. He never started a game in college. Uh, he was an Ohio State commit. Uh, signee there and he transfers over here to Florida didn't really get a lot of playing time over at Ohio State actually hardly any play time at Ohio State when he was there so this will technically be his first game as a starter on a collegiate level could be a dicey situation for Florida but at the same time maybe he goes out there and he throws for three four hundred yards and he's just been sitting on the bench this whole time and wondering why we haven't seen him all year uh, you just don't know in these situations because of the attrition that we we faced in the transfer portal who's going to play who's not going to play a lot of people asking me who's going to play in the bowl game not nobody really knows uh, as I said Billy Napier should have a press conference sometime this week and hopefully we can get more clarity on who's playing in this bowl game and of course they're going to release a depth chart like they always do every week before the big game anyway but this is going to be a tough task for Florida man uh, Oregon State coming in here off a big win over Oregon a comeback win actually they were down by a lot against Oregon and came back and won that game 38 to 34 a, a huge comeback in that game for Oregon State so that's what put them there at uh, I think rank number 14th is where they're at right now because Oregon was like number six and uh, Oregon State was able to beat them and uh, they do have losses to Washington Washington, USC, Utah, a team that we did beat at the beginning of the season. So uh, who knows? Who knows how this bowl game is going to shake out? And Oregon State, man, they've been playing a lot better down the stretch. And if you go to a lot of the statistics, and we'll pull some of these up here, and this is one that stuck out to me like a sore thumb because we've been very effective this year in running the football. Osiris Torrance is not playing in the bowl game. He's foregoing it. Oregon State. 15th in run defense, only allowing 109.3 rushing yards per game against FBS opponents. Ouch. <laughs> now, the good part about Oregon State is their passing yards per game is not the greatest. They don't pass the ball really well. They only average 189.2 passing yards per game, which is ranked 111th in the nation. But on the flip side, they do run the ball pretty well. They average 197.9 rushing yards per game, which is 26th in the nation. And as I've said before, if you're running the ball pretty effectively, you really don't need to pass the ball either. And kind of Florida, they're kind of floating in kind of where Florida was in uh, passing and rushing wise. Florida is 16th in the nation in rushing the football, averaging 207.5 and only averaging 212.5 passing yards per game, which is ranked 87th. So they're kind of in the same neck of the woods, same boat as Florida. It's kind of like a weakness on weakness, a strength on strength. So um, now Florida's faced tougher opponents down the stretch, obviously, but uh, still, I mean, you, you got to throw that out the window, especially with all the kids in the portal. Uh, you know, you're at down to a third string quarterback. Uh, it's it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough one for Florida. And I, I'm kind of with Vegas on this one. I, I don't expect Florida to win this football game. If they do, that's great. Uh, I really just want to see some of these young guys and see what they can do and see what we're kind of matched up for, uh, you know, next year. And then the guys, you know, and shoot, we don't even know who we're getting out of the portal or into the, the, the recruiting class coming down the stretch either. So those guys will come in. I mean, they're going to have their spring practice and all that. And then usually you get more additions into the transfer portal in that spring period there. And that's what kind of separates the men from the boys every year. It's just, it's a constant thing that happens every year. So really what I'm looking for in this game is to see where Florida's at as a team when it comes to backup depth and where Florida goes moving forward into next season. But as I said, of course, I still want to win the game. You want to win every game that you play on the football field. And since there's a lot of questions on who's playing, who's not playing for Florida, and not that many questions with Oregon State, I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of research here on Oregon State here as a team. And looking at their passing statistics, they're led by quarterback Ben Goldbranson. 
He has passed for 1,275 yards. He's averaged 7.3 yards per attempt for eight touchdowns and five interceptions. Not really a good touchdown-to-interception ratio there. He's also been sacked 10 times, and his time to throw is almost three seconds long. So he takes a little bit to get the football out, but he's also accounted for 66 first downs and wears the number 17 jersey for Oregon State. Now there's another quarterback on this list that uh, has thrown for quite a, uh, I'd say not really quite a few yards, probably in backup duty or something like that. But uh, looks like they used two quarterbacks this season. Uh, Chance Nolan, 942 yards total. He averaged 8.5 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns to eight interceptions. They probably got benched. That is a bad touchdown to interception ratio there. And he's also been sacked twice as well. He's only accounted for 46 first downs. So as I said, man, um, not really good quarterback play from Oregon State, if you were to ask me. But it doesn't mean anything uh, into this bowl game with, as I said, with what Flor- how many question marks Florida has around their team. And I'll also say this, though, too. This Morgan team will be matched up against a defense that they haven't seen. And I know this defense has not been good this year at all. And they're probably going to give up some yards, especially on the ground. But it's not like they play a lot of great defense in the Pac-12, though, either. Let's be honest. Now, rushing-wise for Oregon State, this is the one that really bothers me. Davian Martinez, their leading rusher, has rushed for 970 yards so far this season. He's averaged 6.1 yards per rush. He has accounted for 29 runs of 10-plus yards or more. He's averaged 3.5 yards after contact per attempt for 53 total first downs. So that is a player to look out for at Oregon State. Now, they do have another backup that's rushed 484 yards and averaged 5.8 yards per attempt for three touchdowns, and his name is Jamius Griffin. He's also averaged 3.81 yards after contact. <laughs> uh, that's uh, a lot of yards uh, after contact, 316 to uh, Damian Martinez is 559. So uh, these guys, uh, when they get hit, they keep going. So Florida has struggled with perimeter tackling all year. And uh, if I'm Oregon State, I'm running around the perimeter. I'm, I'm watching what Vanderbilt did to them and all the rest of the teams down the stretch, even the USFs. I mean, it, it run the ball. I would run the ball. I'm pretty sure both teams are going to be trying to do that through this game is run the football down each other's throats because that's just been their strength all year. I mean, practically, do you know that gif of the Spider-Man that points at the other Spider-Man? This is basically what this game is. It's like, hey, we do this good. We do this good, too. Well, we do this bad, and we do this bad, too. So (laughs) it's kind of one of those games. They actually had a perfect matchup for Florida when they picked this game to be a bowl game because it's – it's run on run and uh, who can pass the ball better. And I think that's what's going to come down to who's victorious in this game is who can pass the football better over each other's heads. So that led me to believe what does everybody's pass defense look like? And I know you guys are saying, oh, God, please don't please don't bring up Florida. So Florida has allowed 238 yards passing through the air, which is ranked 81st in the nation. And you want to know where Oregon State's at? Pretty much neck and neck with Florida. They give up an average of 239.8 yards per game, which is 84th in the nation. So as I said, Spider-Man to Spider-Man pointing at each other. Yeah, that's basically Oregon State and Florida, except Oregon State, obviously, in the Big 12, Florida in the SEC. Florida has played harder competition, and I think that's what it kind of boils down to. But at the same time, you got players that you don't know are playing and you're missing on one side, and you may not have half the team when you get to Vegas anyway. So it is one of those games where you're just like, man, this it could be a coin flip game. And and Vegas kind of got it right, man, when you look at it. And you, you give Florida 10 points in this game because if it was on paper and it was a, a fully staffed Florida versus a fully staffed Oregon State, it would probably be an even game. You take away a few players from Florida, actually not a few, a lot. Then you get the uh, the plus 10 for Florida. And I think that's where Vegas is going with this thing is I think that Vegas still thinks that Florida will be able to match up with Oregon State, even with the players being out. But I think ultimately some of the players being gone is going to take its toll on Florida. And that's how Oregon State will win this game. I, I'm assuming that's how Las Vegas takes it. And I think as I looked at the rush defense for Oregon State, they were 15th in run defense and Florida is... 98th, giving up an average of 179.5 yards rushing per game. So I think that's where uh, Florida gets kicked there is is that statistic right there. Now, of course, Florida could come out and have very many different defensive players, and they might even be better than the guys that were starting this year because the defense didn't really play great at all anyway. 
So (laughs) you're kind of like looking at this, you look at statistics and turnovers, and we'll get into that statistic here in a second. But you look at it, you say neck and neck, Oregon State with a little bit better statistics than Florida. But at the same time, let's go to interceptions, turnovers. So interceptions thrown per game, I'm pretty sure Oregon State's pretty high on this one. Just looking at their quarterback statistics. Yeah, they average 1.2 interceptions per game, which is ranked 111th. That is pretty bad. Now, Florida's only ranked 54th. They only average 0.7 interceptions per game. We all know Richardson getting better about turnovers coming down the stretch. Let's go into fumbles per game for Oregon State. They average one fumble per game, which is 33rd in the nation against FBS opponents in Florida, 1.2, which is 60th. But also at the same time, we do cause a lot of turnovers as well. If you go to turnover margin per game, Oregon State's at 91st in the nation with negative 0.4 to Florida's plus 0.6, where Florida's ranked 16th in the nation in turnover margin. We all talked about Florida getting a lot of turnovers this year, and Florida still with the record of getting a turnover in every single game that they have played this regular season. They have 13 forced fumbles so far for this year and a total of nine interceptions. That is phenomenal when you compare it to the past, shoot, six, seven years. I mean, it's we've we've managed to get turnovers like crazy in every single game. The bad part is our defense just gives up so many yards and we can't capitalize on a turnover. We can't score points on the turnover anytime we get it. I think points off turnovers has happened maybe four, five times this year out of the, I don't know, plus 15 plus turnovers you've had this year. So, I mean, you got to get points off turnovers, man. You got to make the other team pay for their mistakes. And I think Florida can do that here against Oregon State in this game. And also Florida being pretty bad down the stretch in penalties per game. Now, now Florida ranks 87th in the nation in penalties per game, averaging 6.6 penalties per game. And if you go to Oregon State, they average 5.9, which is 64th nationally against FBS opponents. Now, penalty yards per game where Florida is actually pretty decent. They're ranked 44th in the nation giving up 48.1 penalty yards per game. You go over here to Oregon State. They give up 54.2 penalty yards per game, which is ranked 71st nationally in the FBS. So Florida with a little bit of advantage when it comes to turnovers and penalties here from those statistics there. Now let's just go total overall yardage given up per game between rushing and and, and passing. And Florida is ranked 96th in the nation in yards per game given up with 417.5 against FBS opponents and where Oregon State kind of dominates Florida on this one. They give up 349.1 total, ranked 30th nationally in the FBS. So uh, Florida really, uh, when it comes to total yards per game, uh, they haven't been the best. We all know that. The defense has been what it has been. But I guess that's kind of a good thing. You're getting new players to come out there and play defense. So hopefully maybe they play a lot better than the, uh, the original guys that Dan Mullen brought in here. But some of these guys are going to be Dan Mullen guys still. So uh, we'll see if Florida can uh, get a a half Texas A&M game and a whole South Carolina game out of their defense against Oregon State. When it comes to pass blocking, Oregon State gives up five sacks. Florida's given up five sacks as well this whole year when it comes to the offensive line and pass blocking scenarios. And something else I actually looked at on kick returns and punt returns for Oregon State, they do have a pretty good kick returner. They guy named Silas Bolden who has returned 607 total yards returning the football. His longest run was 82 yards. No touchdowns, though, but still a uh, a pretty deadly kickoff return. And now if you go to Florida, we all know about special teams not being that special and changing the game for the other team instead of us. Uh, Trevor Etienne, I don't know where he's been all year, 336 total yards returning the football. His longest was a 50-yarder against Florida State. No touchdowns, though, so uh, I am kind of interested who does return kicks here. Uh, Xavier Henderson, we all know not the best kick returner. He's only had 99 total yards the whole year returning kicks. Now, if you go to punts, he's returned punts for 118 yards there. So as far as kickoff returns, as I said, I don't know much about like Oregon State, who who's injured, who's not, but it looks like Silas Bold's pretty healthy and uh, um, going to be somebody deadly enough to uh, watch out for, especially on kick returns there.
But in my opinion, uh, I think Florida goes in there and plays with the ship on their shoulder. They got a lot of guys that have been sitting behind other players and they want to play and they want to prove their worth, especially for the next year coming up. And we'll see who who's entering the portal, or who has entered the portal and who's actually still playing while being into the transfer portal. I know Billy Napier alluded to that. We'll see the depth chart when it comes out this week. But I, I'm going with Vegas on this one, man. I, I think Florida does lose the game, but I would say 21-31 or maybe 21-34. Uh, that that's where I'm going with it. I mean, I, I as I said, I want Florida to win. I want to be proven wrong because, of course, Florida winning makes my timeline and my DMs get a lot nicer. Not that anybody DMs me with the nasty stuff or anything like that. It just uh, you, you, I just don't like seeing all the I don't know some of the negativity there. Timeline, I, I could really care less. Um, I, I think that some people take a bowl game like this pretty seriously. To me, I think it's just where you look at it and you say, well. Even if we lose, what did this guy do? What did he look like? How, how are we going to match up uh, depth-wise next year? Who are we bringing in and so forth? The answer's kind of a little bit of questions going in there. Now, like, I was asked this on the Mark Moses radio show. He said, well, what if Jack Miller has a phenomenal game against Oregon State? And I said, well, then you just got quarterback competition next year. And that's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> you want to have good quarterbacks on your roster. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see if Billy Napier and staff, they bring in a transfer quarterback this year as well. Uh, probably that's what they're going to do. I'm sure they will bring in one transfer quarterback with maybe a year of eligibility or so. But as I said, if Jack Miller has a great game, I mean, that actually is is good for Florida. That just means they get a good, viable I guess you could say he was a backup this year. He might be a starter next year, depending on how good he plays against Oregon State and then spring practice and all that other type of stuff. So it's that good problem to have coming down the stretch if that happens. Now, of course, if Jack Miller goes up there and stinks it up and a lot of the receivers are off course and all that, then you're probably saying, okay, who are we getting from the portal? We need a quarterback. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But as I said, I, I'm predicting a... Uh, I, I'm right there with Vegas. I say 21-31 Oregon State win, and hopefully Florida can prove me wrong, and it's 21-31 the other way, and Florida wins the game. <laughs> but folks, that'll do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, and I want to give a shout out to everybody who did join the Gator Collective this uh, this coming past week. Um, talked to Eddie Rojas a little bit. The uh, the commitment of DJ Lagway got a lot of signups to the uh, the Gator Collective, and you know, a lot of people, as as I said before, that will blame the Gator Collective on when we miss a recruit or something happens. Well, when we get one, can you blame them too? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to kind of, it goes both ways a little bit here too, but it's always like, I think a lot of people get a misconception of, you know, the Gator Collective and what they fully do. It's, it's, they're, they're not just the only ones involved with like NIL and everything. I mean, you look at the Gatorade thing that, you know, that happened for Anthony Richardson this year. And then you look at, you know, a lot of the other NIL opportunities, like the Gator Collective helps student athletes set up with other NIL opportunities as well. It's not just the Gator Collective, but they do a lot of that stuff. They help them out and they do that. And so every one of you guys that support the Gator Collective and you donate, even if you don't have any money, like even if you don't want to donate any money, spread the word, spread the word out there to somebody that maybe does want to look into the Gator Collective, join the message boards or do a one time donation or something like that. Uh, a lot a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys responded this week and just want to give a special shout out to everybody there uh, for the Gator Collective. Eddie Rojas and Jen, they're, they do a phenomenal job. Alan does a phenomenal job with the website and keeping that up as well. And last but not least, folks. Somebody got a brick this week. Oh, Cyrus Torres was named Walter Camp All-American First Team. He will join Kyle Pitts and Vernon Hargraves to earn first team honors in the past 11 years. That is phenomenal. He has had a total for his career 3,065 total blocking snaps as an offensive lineman. He's allowed zero sacks and only 24 quarterback hurries in the four years he has been a collegiate athlete. That has to be some sort of record in college. He's also the highest graded offensive lineman on pro football focus. Let me look at his pro of PFF stats right here. Yeah, he's at 88.2. But for somebody to go their whole career in college as an offensive lineman and not give up one single sack... That is ridiculous. That is first round draft pick written all over him. So everybody tip your hat. Osiris Torrance, one of the best offensive linemen to come to the University of Florida. Although it was one year, he is still one of the best offensive linemen to pass through 
those gates in Florida and come in and play some snaps at the offensive line position there. But I couldn't end this podcast without mentioning that. And I also want to thank Connor Clark, as always, for giving his recruiting knowledge. Check out his work there over at SI.com. And I also want to thank you all for listening to Getting Swamped. Once again, your latest in football, statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.